Oh, come on, somebody, and bless him. It was the blood. How many thank God for the blood? How many thank God for the blood? Oh, come on, let's give the Lord the best praise we can for the blood that Jesus shed for you and me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. Put your hand together. I know it was the blood for me. Oh, one day I was lost. He died on the cross. Oh, I know it was the blood. Mm, I know it was. Know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. Oh, one day when I, oh, he died. Oh, I know it was the blood. Oh, help me say it. Mm, they crucified the Lord. They crucified the Lord. They crucified the Lord for me. Oh, one day when I was lost, oh, he died on the cross. Oh, I know it was. The blood, when they crucified him, mm, he hung his head and died. He hung his head and died. He hung his head and died mm, for me. Oh, one day when I was lost, he died. Upon the oh, I know it was the blood. Uh, oh, I know it was. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was Jesus' blood. The blood for me. Died on the cross. I know it was. After he died, listen here. After he died, they laid him in a borrowed tomb. But he got up again early Sunday morning. Anybody thinking for the blood he shed? I know it was the blood. I know it was, was the blood for me. The Gospel of John, chapter 8. Gospel of John, chapter 8. I don't know about anybody else, but I get excited about the blood of Jesus. And the reason I get excited is because the word of God said, if it had not been, for the shedding of his blood, 
there would be no remission of our sin. You know, uh, uh, some people say, I've heard, you know, heard it said that he spilled his blood. But his blood would not spill, it was poured out. See, when he was speared in the side, the blood and water poured. And the difference in something being spilled, spilled is an accident. Are y'all talking back to me? See, when you spill something, that's an accident. Unintentional. But when something is poured, look at somebody and tell them that ain't no accident, that's intentional. And that's what Jesus did. He intentionally gave his life because he said, no man can take my life. Lord, I'm preaching. I ain't read the scripture. He said, I lay it down of myself. He said, I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. That's why I get excited about the blood of Jesus because my salvation, your salvation came through the blood that Jesus shed. It was not just important that he died, but it was important that his blood was shed because it was through the blood, the shed blood, that our sins were atoned. Oh, Lord. The Gospel of John, chapter 8. We're going to uh, read... At verse, starting at verse 3, it says, And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you. Let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman. He said unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. You may be seated in God's presence on this afternoon. If you will, just for a little while, on this afternoon, I want to talk briefly from this subject. I want to talk about Jesus got me off the hook. Jesus got me off the hook. Now all of us done been on a hook. Have I got a witness? I know that there are some sanctimonious people that want people to believe they've never been on a hook. But if there anybody know all of us been hooked somewhere. 
All of us done been hooked on something that wasn't good. Ever got a witness? Let some folk give their testimony. They only tell the good stuff. And they're like they ain't never smoked no weed. They ain't never went to the club. They ain't never jumped out the window when mom and daddy was asleep. I, 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 come on here, somebody. They ain't never got the car and went somewhere they shouldn't have gone. Y'all talk back to me if you can. I need, y'all too saved for me. They ain't never drunk no gin and juice. Let me go way back. Somebody tell me gin and juice. Let me go way back. Ain't never drunk no moonshine. Can you hear me now? Back in the day, folks used to have church service. And the bootlegger be across the street. And right after they got out of church, y'all ought to talk back to me if you can. They went to get their hit. But is there anybody thank God for grace? Is it anybody thank God to be saved today? Is it anybody can look back over your life and say, I thank God that he got me off the hook I was on. See, all of us were on a hook. The Bible says it like this. We all have sin. And that's not to glorify sin, but that's just to be truthful about the fact that ain't nobody had it all together. You may be evangelist today, but you ain't always been evangelist. Have I got a witness? May be pastor today, but you ain't always been pastor. Amen. May be the worship leader today. But hadn't always been there. And all of us have been on the hook. As a matter of fact, there are some of us still on some hooks. Talking about, oh, glory, 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 glory. But still on a hook. Can I call the roll? Some of us been on hooks of gambling, lying, whoremongering, fornicating, committing adultery on the hook. All kinds of hooks. People have been on and even some are yet on, but I rejoice in the truth of knowing that Jesus can get you off the hook. Let me tell you something. This woman was in a bad fix. See, it was not just that she was in a bad fix because because she was a sinner. That's one bad fix right there. She had an issue. But things got worse when, watch this, what she was doing went public. She had been doing it all the time. But the thing about it is that the day came, watch this, that her sin became public. Now watch this, watch this. I want you to understand, now watch this. 
sometimes we have to understand that even though this woman's sin went public, watch this, it really turned out to be a blessing. Somebody said, where are you going with this, Pastor? Watch this. Sometimes the Lord has to allow us to be exposed. Because see, because see the thing about it, sometimes he has to let some things be uncovered. Because if they are not uncovered, we'll continue to do it. Let me tell you something. Most people now don't want their stuff public. I can't help but wonder if the Lord said, I'm going to go by greater union and I'm going to just display everybody's life on the screen. I wonder, I wonder how many would said, it's all right, Jesus, go on and show them everything about me. It'll be so many folks hitting that Baptist tradition. But now watch this. But there will be those, watch this, if they are not first, there would be those that are hang around long enough to see everybody else stuff. Then when the Lord says, your time, then I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. What if the Lord, nobody want their stuff to go public. I ain't trying to get in nobody's business, but I can't help but wonder what kind of stuff would, would, would show up on the screen. But the point that I'm trying to stress is that, watch this, it seemed as though it would be a bad thing for this woman's issue to go public. But really, it was a blessing. See, because the scribes and Pharisees brought this woman to Jesus, but their intent was the wrong intent. And watch this. They brought the woman to Jesus in an attempt to trap Jesus and to discredit him, but really it was a blessing for her in disguise that they brought her to Jesus. Now watch this. The Bible said that Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple and he began to teach the people. And all the people came unto him and he sat down and he taught them. I want you to take note of the, the crowd that came in the second verse. It says, early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people in that crowd came unto him and he sat down and he did what? He taught them. Now watch this. That shows us that the people that came in verse 2, they came to receive from the Lord. But look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, And the scribes and Pharisees came and brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and they set her in the midst of the crowd. Now I want you to understand, my brothers and sisters, the first crowd came and they had a true desire to receive from the Lord. But the second crowd came and that crowd was a religious crowd. They came to the temple 
but their mind was not on what Jesus had to say. Their mind was on trapping Jesus, discrediting him in any way that they could. How many know, my brothers and my sisters, that there's always a religious crowd? Always, there's always a religious crowd, and then there are those who come to receive from the Lord. But that's not what I want to focus on today. I want to focus on the fact that this woman was a sinful woman. She was well-known in the community. My brothers and my sisters, I want to tell you that this woman was taken or caught in the very act of adultery. They brought her to Jesus. <laughs> Had they not brought her to Jesus, she probably still would have remained in her sin. And I want you to know that nothing happens by happenstance. But all things happen according to the will of God. They thought they were bringing her to Jesus for one reason. But it turned out that God turned that thing around. They brought her to Jesus one way, but she would leave another way. They brought her to Jesus as a sinner not knowing that she would walk away as a saint. I wish I had more help than I got him. And all I'm trying to tell you that Jesus is a life saver. Is it anybody can say he saved my life? Is it anybody can look back over your life and remember stuff that you used to be involved in and now you don't do those things anymore, but you can say it's not because of me, but because the Lord has made a change in my life. Now watch this, watch this. Jesus told the first disciples that he called, he said, I'm going to make you what? Fishers of what? Fishers of men. Now watch this. Now when you go fishing, you're going to need a hook, you're going to need some bait, you're going to need a, a pole, you're going to need all of that stuff, okay? Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Amen. But now, even when you catch the fish, when you hook them, watch this, before you can clean them, you got to first of all get them off the hook. Oh, somebody ought to hear me today. Before you can clean the fish, before you can do anything with the fish, you got to first of all, get them off the hook. And before the Lord could do anything with you or me, he had to get us off the hook. This woman, this woman was a sinful woman. But, but now watch this. They, the religious crowd, the religious community, the scribes and the Pharisees, they downed this woman. They looked upon her in a negative light. Would y'all agree with that? They looked upon this woman in a negative light. Adulterous woman. But let me tell you something. One thing about it in the religious community we have to always consider. When people do anything, whatever they do, there's always underlying reason. They looked at this woman and said that she was a promiscuous woman, a sinful woman, an adulterous woman. But now watch this. They probably never took time to consider why she was the way she was. Let me 
tell you, somebody said, where are you going with this? Well, some people do what they do because, watch, you don't know. This woman, she, she could have been violated as a little girl. Which caused her to be the way she was, which contributed to her issue. Wherever there is an effect, there is a cause. Remember that. Wherever there is an effect, there is always a cause. If you look and go in a store and see a little two or three year old cussing folk out, That baby didn't learn that on their own. There is a cause. A reason why they do what they do. This woman... There could have been other things which caused her to be the way she was. And some of the very ones that were trying to be so hard and down on her were probably with her. Kind of like sometimes a young boy be messing with a young girl or whatever, you know, calling her ugly, picking with her and stuff like that. Most times he like you, he like you, he like you. There's some truth in what I'm saying now. He just don't know how to tell you he like. But a lot of time, people can be so critical of others when they themselves ain't no better. Have I got a witness? They can be so critical, so critical of others. Sometimes people can get up to do a speech or to, or to sing a song or whatever it is. And, 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 and sometimes people in the seats are critical of those who are doing. And, and, and then if you had to get them up there to do oh, no. You know why? They know they can't do it. Sometimes people are critical of others when they themselves are no better. And that's the way it was with the scribes and the Pharisees. They brought to Jesus this woman caught in the very act of adultery. But now watch this. They said Moses told us in the law that she should be stoned. But Jesus, we want to know what you have to say. What they were trying to do was to get Jesus to go against the law of Moses. They were trying to get him to say, don't stone her. Then if he had said, don't stone her, then they would have said, ain't no way you could be the Messiah because you are going against God's law. Then if Jesus had said, go ahead and stone her, they would have said, well, you can't be the Messiah because, amen, it's been prophesied that the Messiah would come to seek and save the law. So if Jesus answered their question, regardless to how he answered it, it was a trap. But watch how wise the Lord is. He stoops down and he begins to write on the ground. I don't know what he wrote on the ground. Somebody, somebody said he may have wrote the Ten Commandments. We don't know exactly what he wrote on the ground. And after he kept on writing, they kept pressuring him for an answer. And Jesus stood up and said, he that is without sin among you, let him be the first one to throw a stone at this woman. And he stooped back down and he began to write on the ground again. After hearing what Jesus had said, they all began to question themselves 
in their own mind. Am I worthy? Am I qualified to throw my stone? You know what? The world, even the churches, would be a whole lot better if people would take time to consider and ask themselves the question, am I worthy? Am I qualified to throw a stone at my brother or my, my sister? Our, our churches would be in better condition. Our world would be in better condition if other people would look at themselves and ask the question, am I qualified to throw my stone? Uh, my brothers and sisters, there are some professional throne stones. Stone, stone throwers. They, 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 they were, they were, they would throw their stone. The, the stone throwers would throw stones at this one and that one. And I'm telling you, and when it comes to them, they never consider themselves. Anybody know anything about that? Watch, watch it. They got a problem with everybody else. Y'all talk back to me. I'm almost finished here now, believe it or not. Uh, they got a problem with everybody else but themselves. What everybody else does is wrong. And whatever they do is right. That's what you call self-righteous. Ever got a witness here? And that's the way those scribes and Pharisees were. They, they, they were, they were, they were uh, stone throwers and they were very critical of others. And watch this, they tried to hold others to the law. They tried to be, watch this, keepers of the law, but they themselves were not keepers of the law. Do y'all understand what I just said? They were keepers of the law, meaning that they were trying to make sure that other people kept the law, but they weren't keeping the law themselves. And I feel that's, that's the way it ought to be this day and time. But unfortunately, I, well, I know sometimes we have police and different ones, but, but watch it. Thank God for the good police. Come on, come on, somebody. All of them, all of them are not crooked. All of them are not bad. But now, here is one thing. The thing about it is, I think that if I have to drive 55 in a 55-mile zone, so should you if you ain't on a call. See, you have to be keepers of the law both ways, watching over other people and yet making sure you're doing right yourself. But see, they were watching over the other folk, the scribes and Pharisees, the religious leaders, but they wasn't right themselves. And that's the point that Jesus was trying to make to them when he calls them, each one of them, consider yourself. You know what he did? He made every one of them, watch this, put themselves in that woman's place. See, oftentimes, whenever we, whenever we have to deal with issues or problems or people that may have transgressed or done something wrong, a lot of times, people who are the judges and different ones like that, they never put themselves in that person's place. Never put themselves in that person's place. So Jesus flipped the script and he made every one of them consider self. He made every one of them examine themselves as they brought this woman to him wanting her to be stoned. To be honest with you, if they really wanted the woman to be stoned that bad, they wouldn't have even brought her to Jesus. But watch this. They were so engrossed in trying to trap Jesus <laughs> until they had no idea he was, he was going to get that woman off the hook. Had 
no earthly idea. They were so engrossed in trying to trap him and make him look bad and discredit him until they messed around and brought her to Jesus, which was the best thing that could have happened. One thing about it, when, they, when I look at the text, I'm almost home. They brought this woman, and the Bible says that she was taken in adultery. That's what they said unto him. She was taken in adultery. In the very act, well, if she was taken in the very act of adultery, and if you want this woman to be stoned to death, now y'all talking about you took her in the very act of adultery, but in order for this woman to be convicted of the crime that you're accusing her of, there needs to be substantial evidence. And y'all saying that you caught her in the very act of adultery, why didn't you bring the evidence? to prove your case. If, if, if there's no evidence, watch this, it's your word against her. Y'all ought to talk back to me. I'm, I'm closing here now. It's your word against her. If you don't have no video, if you ain't got a tape recorder, If you don't have a man, somebody said, where was the man? Now watch this. Evidently, the man, the man was too shame. For the word to get out that he was the one with her. Or maybe the man that was with her was in the crowd of the scribes and Pharisees. Oh, y'all talk back to me if you can. Come on. Look at somebody and ask them, where was the man? Where, where was the man? Where was the man? If you say you caught her with a man, why didn't you bring the man, amen, along with her? Come on here, somebody. Where is the man? Somebody said the man probably was in the crowd, had a stone in his hand. that you're going to bring her and let the man go free? If you caught her in the very act of adultery, both she and the man should be stoned. They're guilty. Both of them were guilty. Both of them were guilty. But, but watch this. Watch this. The only reason God allowed. Let me say. It was God's providence. His, his divine care. His divine love. Let me tell you something. Sometimes when enemies. Let me use this as a side note. Sometimes people. Amen. Will think they're working against you. When in reality they're working for you. <laughs> Have I got a witness here? They thought they were working against the woman. They thought that she would be dead. Amen. But God was using them. Come on here, somebody, to bring her to Jesus. Is there anybody can thank God for the folks he used in your life to help bring you to him when you were doing crazy stuff, when you were outside of God's will for your life? Is it anybody can give God a praise for the people that he used to bring you to him. Because can I tell you, ain't none of us come to him on our own. Have I got a witness here? Did none of us come to him on our own? God used somebody to bring us to him. Some preacher, some prayer warrior, some mother, somebody he used to bring us to him. This woman would have been dead. And can I tell you, watch this, watch this, watch this. In this text, it shows us God does not want us to die in our sin. 
Because watch this. If they had stoned the woman, she would have died, watch this, without ever coming to know Jesus. And she would have been lost. She would have been eternally damned. So watch this. God wrote it in his plan for her life. That even though when you get caught in your mess, you deserve to die. Oh, come on here, somebody. Can't y'all see God's hand all over this woman's life? She deserved to die. But watch this. God uses low-down church folk. Y'all missed it. Y'all ain't got to say that. I said, he used low-down church folk. The scribes and Pharisees were church folk. To bring her to the master. We caught her in the very act of adultery. Jesus, what should we do? You caught her in the very act, but there's some missing evidence. You don't have no man to prove that, sh that, that, that she indeed was caught in the very act of adultery. Have I got a witness? And my brothers and sisters, because of the lack of evidence. <laughs> because of the lack of evidence. Let me tell you something. The Lord, this is at least the second case where the Lord used, amen, evidence. In one case, when Peter cut the man's Roman soldier's ear off, he covered up the evidence. But now the evidence is missing. And because of missing evidence, a sinful woman was able to walk away free because of the grace of the Lord. Is it anybody thank God for grace? See, that's what Jesus gave that woman. See, this, this, this scripture is all about grace. God's grace is all over this scripture because let me tell you something. When he extended to her grace, where is it at in the text? When they were convicted in their own conscience. All the folks in the crowd, preachers, deacons, evangelists, pastors, choir members, mothers on the motherboard, Elders, are y'all talking to me? All kind of folks in their religious position. Amen, they came ready to stone the woman to death. But Jesus told them, if you don't have any sin, you go ahead and throw your stone. Be the first one to throw your stone. And they all examined their own life. Have I got a witness? Amen. I could imagine that the musician said, I can't throw my stone because I too have done wrong. Have I got a witness? Amen. I can imagine somebody in the crowd said, I can't throw my stone because I have told a lie before. And how many know that in the sight of God, uh, telling a lie, it is sin. Have I got a witness? Um, somebody else dropped their stone and walked away and said, I can't throw my stone because I've cheated before. Yeah. And in God's eyes, cheating is sin. Have I got a witness? And they dropped their stone and they walked away. Have I got a witness? My brothers and sisters, I can imagine that as they dropped their stone, other people that were still in the crowd, they were wondering within their mind as others walked away, I can imagine they were saying, I I wonder what he did. 
I wonder what she did. Um, have I got a witness? Um, but the Bible said that one by one they dropped their stones and they walked away. Have I got a witness? Um, have I got a witness? Um, the Lord knew that nobody in the crowd was qualified to throw their stone. Have I got a witness? Because everybody had done wrong. Have I got a witness? Somebody say yeah. Say amen. God knew that a lot of folks were walking around like they had never done anything wrong, but the Lord called them out. Have I got a witness? And He said, If you never done any wrong, if you never said a curse word, if you never cheated on your taxes, if you never thought wrong, go ahead and throw your stone. Have I got a witness? But everybody had to drop their stone and nobody was left in the crowd. Nobody but Jesus and that woman. Have I got a witness? And he turned to her and said, woman, well, you accuse us. Have I got a witness? She said, Lord, I don't have anybody that has condemned me. Have I got a witness? And here's where grace comes on the scene. He said, neither do I condemn you. Have I got a witness? Somebody say it. How many here know that he could have condemned that woman, but he chose to give her another chance? Have I got a witness? Is it anybody here know that we serve a God of another chance? Somebody shout in. Is it anybody here can say, I thank God that he gave me another chance? I've done wrong in my life but I thank God that he gave me another chance he told me to go right but I went left but I thank God that he gave me another chance shake somebody's hand and tell them I thank God for another chance have I got a witness somebody shout yeah Shout yeah. Can I tell you every day the Lord let us live? It's another chance to do better than we did before. Have I got a witness? I thank God for another chance. I thank God for another chance to get it right. Have I got a witness? How many know sometimes? People will never let you live down what they know about you. Have I got a witness? They'll always bring up your past. Talking about, I remember when. Have I got a witness? But how many know just like you can say, I remember when about somebody else. Somebody else can say, I remember when about you. Have I got a witness I thank God he gave us another chance somebody shout yeah shout yeah he gave us another chance when he sent his son into the world have I got a witness the Lord gave us another chance when he came down through 42 generations and allowed him to be hung upon and stretched wide he gave us another chance when he hung his head and he died he gave us another chance when he went down in the borrowed grave but early I said early early that Sunday morning he got up I said he got up he declared all power 
in his hand. Shake hands with somebody and tell them, I thank God for another chance. I thank God for another chance. Tell somebody else, I thank God for another chance. And the reason I thank him for another chance because I have not done right ever since I've been saved. I've done some things I should not have done even after I confess hope in Christ. But I thank God he looked beyond. He looked beyond. Oh, my fault. He supplied all of my needs. Anybody know he did it? Say yeah. Say yeah. Ah, he did it. He did it for me. Another chance. Jesus got me off the hook. And I can say if it had not been for him, there are some people in this room that know that if it had not been for the Lord, you would have been dead already. Some people in this room know that if it had not been for the Lord, you would have been dead before you turned 40. If it had not been for the Lord, you would have died a premature death. But God had a plan for you. Just like he had a plan for this woman, he had a plan for you and for me. And I don't know about nobody else in the room, but I thank God that God's plan always prevails. Satan has plans. But how many know the, the plan of God always prevails? See, the devil had a plan for this woman. He had a plan for this woman to die a sinner, to die in her sin. But because of the divine intervention of God, How many thank God for his intervention? Yes, Lord. I thank him for his intervention. He may not have intervened in, in, in our lives the way that he intervened in this woman's life, but he intervened. There may be somebody in the room that said, I would have drunk myself to death. I would have drunk myself to death if the Lord hadn't intervened. I would have taken my own life if the Lord hadn't intervened. Thank God for, for his intervention. And we see that the intervention of the Lord in the text. Couldn't nobody do that but Jesus. Because guess what? If Jesus had not said what he said, that woman still would have been stoned because they would have been in their legal right, That's right. to stone her. But watch this. The Lord worked that thing so until he caused everybody to become convicted by their own conscience. And can I tell you something? Can't, no, can't nothing whoop you like your conscience, baby. Hey. If you have a conscience, if your conscience is not seared, if you got a conscience, can't nothing whoop nobody like their conscience. See, you can't get away from your conscience. And the more they thought about that thing, the more they thought about themselves, and can I really throw this stone? Knowing that I'm guilty. And I've done some things that I should have been stoned for. Come on here, somebody. 
some thing that I should have been stoned for, but I just didn't get caught doing it. You have some folk, whenever they hear certain things about other people, then they be talking about, that's a shame, and they doing the same thing. They just ain't got caught. That's right. Just ain't got caught yet. That's a shame. But one thing about it, they got to thinking about that thing. They said, I can't. And, and, and the more they thought about it, they dropped their stone. They said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. One by one, I can't do. And they were whipped by their own conscience. I don't know about nobody else in here, but you know, it would bother me for me to slam dunk somebody over some of the same stuff. that I've been guilty of myself. Now, some folks ain't got no problem doing it. And you know, that's why a lot of times God calls people, he doesn't call the perfect because nobody's perfect. And so even when it comes to ministering to others, you have to always consider yourself. It's a poor leader, poor leader, who doesn't take time to consider self. You won't be as hard, you won't be overly as hard on people when you take time to consider yourself you become more loving more compassionate more merciful as you take time to consider yourself because watch this even the scripture tells us if you see a brother overtaken in a fault watch this Ye which are spiritual. Watch this. Restore such one. Watch this. In the spirit of what? Meekness. And then it goes on. Considering yourself. And the sad and unfortunate thing is that a lot of people become so judgmental of others. They don't show compassion. They don't show mercy. They don't show love on the level it ought to be shown simply because they fail to consider themselves. Child get in trouble for doing something. Yes, they need to be disciplined, but watch this. Don't be overly hard. You may be 65 now. You may be 70 now. 75 now. But just let your mind take a stroll back down memory lane. Come on now. May not be everybody, but somebody remember. You, you used to leave the house dressed one way and you had some other clothes in your bag and then you, then you changed out of the clothes that you... Come, come on here now. Come on here now. Changed out of the clothes that you didn't want to be in into the ones that you really wanted to wear. 
And then before you got back home, on your way home, you changed back into what you had on before you left the house. Am I telling the truth? Come on now. You remember when you used to skip school? And if you didn't skip school, you cut class. Tell my man, when they call my name, just say here. And if and if the teacher was one that didn't look up when she was calling the roll, just going, good, Darry here. Ain't bit more there. Somebody remember what I'm talking about now. But all kind of stuff have been done. All kind of folk, folks done all kind of stuff. So even in disciplining and different things like that, oh, in everything, consider yourself. And when you consider yourself, and even whenever you're disciplined, disciplining people, whether it's your children or whatever the case is, it helps them to know when you're willing to be transparent. Now watch this. I've learned that even, even in parenting sometimes, in certain situations, parents, there comes a time that you have to be transparent. Willing to, you don't have to go in all into detail, all the details, but sometimes you, it helps them to know I've done foolish stuff too. That's why you can't trick me, baby. That's why you can't trick me. That's why I done tried that. What, you, what you're doing, I've already did. What you're trying to do, I've already been down that road before. So sometimes you have to be transparent. And it helps. It, it even helps, helps the children to, to know. And they'll be like, oh, you did? It helps. It helps others when you're trying to win others to the Lord. It helps them to know if you're transparent. You ain't got to go into detail. Sometimes, you know, I've been there. I've done some of this stuff. You know why it helps them so and it blesses them? Because they understand you're not trying to come over or come across as though you're perfect. And that you're so much better than they are. You know, they'll, they'll become more open to you. As you take time and consider yourself and say, I've been there before. I've done that. But God delivered me. He brought me out of that. And God will bless you for that. Listen, stand to your feet. I'm done. But we have to be willing to give people rather than condemning them and dooming them be willing to show compassion and mercy and love why because that's what Jesus did for us he had compassion on us he gave us mercy and he showed us love I don't need somebody to just show me love when I do everything right. But even when I miss the mark sometimes, I need you to show me love. Watch this. Even when it seems as though I don't deserve it. Because that's what Jesus did for us. There may be someone among us today who's not saved and who wants to be saved. And you want to give your life to Jesus. We want to give you an opportunity to come and do just that. The Lord said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens up, he says, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. You know what? 
Notice what he said. If any man hears my voice and open up. Now watch this. Some people hear his voice, but they won't open up. Are you willing to let him in to your life, into your heart today? If you're not saved and you want to be saved, you ought to come. The Lord is waiting on you. It does not matter who you are. This sermon lets us know it doesn't matter what you've done. The Lord will forgive you. The Lord will save you. He will bring you into the family of God. And as I'm opening the doors of the church, I don't want to leave this last point out of this sermon. He told that woman, he said, I don't condemn you. But he said unto her, go and sin no more. In other words, he said, don't continue in your old ways. Don't continue in your old lifestyle. He says, go and don't do it anymore. And that's what we all have to pray. Say, Lord, help me. You know, I learned. Everybody, everybody in here have a past. And sometimes you have to pray and say, Lord, help me. Don't help me to not do it no more. Whatever your it is. Lord, help me to not do it anymore. Lord, help me to not go back to my old. Let me tell you something. Because every time God delivers us out of a thing, Satan always wants us to do what? Go back into it. So we have to pray and ask God, Lord, help me to not do it anymore. Help me to not go back to my old ways and my old life. I want to continue to move forward in your will, in your purpose for me, in your plan for me. If there be another one, will you come? You can come by letter, candidate for baptism, Christian experience. You can come under watch care. If there be one today, will you come? Will you come? If there be another one. Another chance.